Hi, I'm Dr. Nairi. Welcome to my podcast, Share a Meal. Share a Meal is the easiest way to eat healthfully and improve your performance and manage weight by engaging in a healthy, long-lasting relationship with food. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to Share a Meal. Hey, hi. I'm so glad that you're here. So I feel like now that you've gotten a little bit into the groove with Share a Meal, I want to give you a little bit of background about myself. Um, so today is about my path and how I got to here and how I got to this relationship that I have with food today, which has completely changed my life. And I practice Share a Meal every single day, every single meal. It's just kind of part of what I've become, but boy, it wasn't easy. I mean, I have definitely had my share of diets and trying to get to a certain weight and being controlled by scale and food and popular things and fad diets. So I'm just going to start there because, you know, I'm just like everybody. And, and this was an epiphany to me sharing a meal. And it really comes from my background that I kind of ignored for a very long time. So I'm Dr. Nairi, and I'm here today to tell you about my story. So I was like the average kid in high school, I would think is where this began. Well, maybe a little bit earlier than that, because I think a lot of the things that I was taught growing up um, has to do with my heritage. So I'm Armenian. And if you don't know anything about Armenians, you know, we've been through a genocide and um, it really uh, shapes kind of who you are as a culture and why you look at food the way that you do. And all cultures kind of have their own backgrounds. Mine is more, uh, we come from a Mediterranean diet. So foods are fresh and they're simple. The ingredients are incredibly simple and local. So it's lots of greens and vegetables and inexpensive, really. Meat is a condiment. It's not the main part of the meal like it is in the typical American diet, let's say. So, you know, I grew up in this household where food was made with love and the ingredients are simple, but boy, the recipes are not. They take a lot of effort to make. So just imagine, like, what would you think of if you're thinking of a typical uh, diet or actually Mediterranean diet? One of the things that stick out to me is something like a stuffed grape leaf. Okay. A stuffed grape leaf. Well, is it hard to make? Not really, but it's time consuming. The ingredients are simple. Rice, tomatoes, fresh herbs, um, spices, and you wrap each one into a tiny little envelope grape leaf. Now that takes time to create one of those meals. It's not just stick it in the oven in a one pan dish. It takes an entire day and then each one of those is, is treated with love because it comes from somebody who absolutely loves you who made this. And so from that, we are taught not to waste any of it. It means a lot what went into making it. It took time. It took love. And so when you eat this meal, you also want to appreciate the person who made it for you. And a way to appreciate it is 
to eat it all and to love every minute of it. So, you know, the clean the plate club. Yeah, that's part of the Armenians. And also because we had been through genocide, you know, it's kind of like, don't waste any food. There was a time where there wasn't food. So why would we let anything go to waste? If there's one left over, well, you know where you put it? You stuff it in your mouth. You eat it because you do not want to let this go to waste. It's better that it goes in your mouth rather than wasted. That <sighs> took a long time for me to kind of grasp and say, is this really what's better for my body? We grew up around meals completing the meals, eating dinner with loads of family. So all of the core concepts that are in my share a meal come from there. Uh, we sat around a table every Sunday night, 20 of us and a family, and everything was made throughout the day. My grandmother in the kitchen all day long. Everyone had their assigned seats. Dinner was an experience. It took all day and you sat there for hours. In fact, my grandfather would even record our meals on a video camera. And I can go back and pull up many, many meals that we sat around this table for over an hour, maybe two hours. Then out comes the dessert. Then out comes the coffee. So it became more about the people that are around the table and communicating and just building this bonding relationship that releases hormones and brings you all together. So that was one end of my food. It was that very traditional, cultural, and Mediterranean diet and sharing a meal with the people that you love. And that meant so much to me growing up, but it also filled me with guilt the guilt of not finishing what was there, not eating something that somebody prepared for you because it was made with such love and they love watching you eat this. So, you know, that's kind of the beginning, the beginning of the core concepts of share a meal. But what's my story? Why did I really grasp this? Well, like many other high school students, high school kids, I got into this dieting culture. You know, I wasn't overweight. I was normal weight. I was a normal child. In my house, we had all types of food. I mean, we had fruity pebbles, we had bologna, but we also had these Armenian meals and we also had this culture around it. So nothing was really off limits. In fact, uh, the only time I ever felt kind of this pressure is when I would go to someone's house or an event and you felt like you needed to eat and you know you wanted to eat because all this food was there as well but you didn't want it to go to waste I mean I can remember so many times packing up the end of the night and instead of putting something in a Tupperware someone would say just eat it just eat it, it, it you know why not why are we going to save one of these just eat it so you started to I started to um lose my sense of like fullness, understanding how full I need to be or how full I should be. And so I always felt like I was eating a little too much. And so that's when I started dieting. And boy, did I ever diet. I've tried every diet that there is. Uh, and, and I've looked back over the years and I can kind of see the trends that were set through through society, you know, all the ups and downs when 
you should be eating only fat. Oh, the whole only carb, low fat carb phrase, fat free, such a big deal, eat fat free. And none of these were working. I mean, I don't know what working really meant for me. For me, it was sticking to some sort of a diet. So here are some of the ones that I have tried. The grapefruit diet, where I only ate grapefruit three times a day. And um, there were these things called pompolos. They're really big grapefruits. And I would eat that and I would have Diet Coke. And I would think that I'm full, but I was not satisfied. It made me want so much food, so much more. At the end of the night, I would lose it. And I would just want and crave anything that was more than a grapefruit. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Next, the cabbage soup diet. Oh, that was quite a craze. So we were just making pots of cabbage soup and eating that. Now, I'm a big fan of soup. I think that soup is the next salad. It is It is the new salad. Uh, it Salads are loaded with so much other stuff. It really takes it out of a caloric deficit if you're trying to only eat salads that are full of some of these things. But soup very rarely enters that zone because it also has so much fluid in it. So it's like hydration and you feel full because it's warm and all these good things that come with soup. So yeah, I love soup, but cabbage soup, I don't think I could ever eat it again. Again, two to three meals a day of this big pot of cabbage soup, day after day. It just took out my love, which was, and my passion, which was for good tasting food. Here I am punishing myself, but for what reason? I didn't even understand the reason, but I did kind of feel like I had to do it because society was saying, oh, there's this new diet and it makes you so healthy and it makes you look good. And so cabbage soup diet, that was quite a trend. And I did it for a while, more than once on and off again. And then I'll never forget this one. This was one of the absolute worst diets I've ever done. This was called, I don't even know what it was called, but I know that I had to go to the supermarket. And I mean, I'm in high school. I don't really go to the supermarket. I didn't do these things, but I did. I went to the supermarket and I bought uh, beef. It said like, um, like a very flat steak of some sort, but it really wasn't steak. It was like, I don't know, like a steak gum in, in, in some sort of way, just a really bad piece of meat with very little fat, very little flavor, beets and green beans. That's it. I'll tell you this. I can't look at a beet. I cannot look at a beet. I can't eat a beet ever again after being on this beet and meat diet. And that lasted me quite a while. I would do it on and off again. And again, I was so unsatisfied. I was unsatisfied because my friends all weren't doing this. And here I am punishing myself again. I just felt like I was on this constant hamster wheel of punishing through food. And it didn't feel good. I never felt right. I wasn't, like I said, I was not overweight, but I also wasn't where I would think my ideal weight was supposed to be. So I felt like I was in this struggle always of going to the gym and exercising and putting in so much effort with not much change in my body. And, and I couldn't understand why I was in a caloric deficit. 
and still no weight loss. And also the biggest thing, no satisfaction and just this overall feeling of guilt, like guilt that I couldn't stick to it, guilt that it was felt horrible and guilt that when I would go places, I couldn't participate. I wasn't eating what everybody else was eating and it didn't feel good. Another diet um, was, um, I totally jumped on board during college of this one, fat-free. Fat-free now, this was a whole new world <laughs> because even though it's fat-free, doesn't mean it's calorie-free, doesn't mean that it doesn't, you know, is providing all of the nutrients that you need. So here I am, I can remember in college, they would have these Rice Krispie treats in um, the main dining room and they were huge. I would say, you know, a good like six inches by four inches and two inches wide, easily 500 calories. And I would eat this, but it was fat free. And I would eat so many hard pretzels all day long. Why? It was fat free. So during the fat free freight phase of my life, I gained weight because here I am thinking I'm eating all of this food that has no fat in it, but I didn't really understand the science yet of nutrition. And so I thought I'm doing the right thing. And I would buy certain foods that were called fat-free. That's when fat-free foods were like so prevalent on the market. And I can remember getting these fat-free Fig Newtons. And, you know, looking back, if I knew a little bit about nutrition, I would have read the package and seen that the fat-free version actually had more calories than the full fat version. And the full fat version would have made me feel fuller than just eating the fat-free version. But I, again, just engorged myself on this fat-free cookie. And uh, that was a time when I started really gaining weight and I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand it. So I came to a crossroads in my life and um, I had to decide what my major was going to be in college. And so with all of this history of my own, just looking back and looking at my life, my life of food is such a big part of my culture, but here I am dieting and dieting and not really reaching the goals that I wanted to reach. And when I say goals, I don't know what my goals were. I think it was to lose weight, but I knew that I just did not feel good about myself. I was not happy on these diets. I was on a quest to find the diet that I could eat the most food, feel the fullest, and yet like enjoy life. And it wasn't all coming together. It just wasn't coming together. In fact, I didn't even know what full meant at this part of my life. I was just eating because I felt like I needed to and at certain times of the day because that's what is accepted, breakfast, lunch, dinner, a snack. And I felt like I had to do all of that. But I realized one day I don't. I ended up having kids. I had twins. And um, that was a hard time in my life because then I felt extremely overweight and I needed to lose weight and I wanted to lose it quickly. And that was probably my last diet, my diet. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, two more diets. So I did this diet while I was trying to lose weight. 
with my kids and I would eat oranges now. I couldn't eat another grapefruit, you know, that was done with grapefruit diet. So I would eat oranges and Diet Coke. And that was what I existed on. Um, I couldn't go to the gym because I had the twins. So I started doing things that integrated more exercise into my life. And that was really eye-opening to me. I was walking more, I was going outside more, and I was just moving, moving all the time, but also moving because I had twins, so I was moving after them. But I learned at that time that that movement was enough. I did add some weights into my life at that point, but that's the time that I, it kind of a light bulb went off, that those days when I would spend an hour at the gym running or doing a step class, if you remember step classes, doing them and, and feeling like I wasn't really achieving my goals. And then I was better off with this movement just integrated into my daily lifestyle. And that really shifted the way I approached exercise and made me feel just overall healthier. Because one of the things I also learned about myself during the time of extreme exercise is that I would exercise at an extreme level, but then I would be exhausted. And I would come home and I would not really move then throughout the day, find a parking spot as close to the grocery store as I could, just really decrease all other movement to accommodate that really hard, intense movement for an hour. But when you look at that, on a graph, let's say, you would see this big spike in my exercise and flat level. If you compare that to this epiphany that I had with exercise building movement into my life, it was more of a flat steady state. But at the end of the day, guess what? The same amount of energy was used. Same amount of calories were being burned in a sense. And it took a lot less out of me and it felt good. I started feeling good. So at that part of my life, I, um, I had these kids. And so I was also exhausted, but now I learned a little bit about exercise and I was feeling like I've got that under control. Um, but I still didn't have diet under control because as a mother, many mothers might go through this, you make a meal for your kids and you don't really prioritize yourself. So I would eat leftovers, whatever they wouldn't eat, I was shoving into my mouth. So I hadn't mastered this yet. Um, I wasn't feeling satisfied. I don't really don't like chicken nuggets. And uh, here I am trying to shove a few in my mouth. Again, anything that was left over instead of throwing it in a trash went into my mouth. So this wasn't working for me. But I kept on this for a while. And then I started now I was out of school and I had graduated with a master's degree as well now at this point of my life and I started coming up with my own diets and they were unhealthy and insane I made up this one diet called the oatmeal diet where I would eat oatmeal at every meal but I would flavor it savory or sweet so for breakfast I would have oatmeal maybe with some splenda and cinnamon and then at lunch, I would have oatmeal with, wait for it. Are you ready for this? Uh, pasta sauce and Parmesan cheese because I just used 
oatmeal as a vehicle for flavor. And guess what? It wasn't good flavor. I love pasta. I could have easily substituted the oatmeal for pasta. And, but I was determined to make this oatmeal diet work for me. I would put hot sauce in it and call it uh, hot wing oatmeal. And so this went on for a while, but still, again, something was missing from my life. Something that I loved so much. <laughs> Dining out, for example, going to parties and hanging out with people and eating while I was at these parties. This was now impinging on my lifestyle and it was a lifestyle that I did not want. So there had to be this merger. I had to find a way now to incorporate all the things that I love in life because food is so much more than just nourishment. It is social. It is my passion. It is, uh, it, it, it's re building relationships. This all starts like around a table or around food, uh, holidays, all of this, it revolves around food. And I was missing such a big part of this by being on this diet train, eliminating foods from my diet, what I could not eat. Why couldn't I eat them? I could not have a French fry. If I had a French fry, I would punish myself for a French fry. <laughs> Do you know what I love? French fries. I love chips. I love things that are crunchy. And you know, like I didn't want to live this way anymore. I didn't want to abandon these foods. So I took a deeper look, started digging a little bit into other cultures and looking at what are they doing? Why do other cultures look so much happier? Why aren't all other cultures dieting? And I started kind of focusing on Europe. And I thought, you know, I want a croissant. I love them. And why? Why aren't I eating a croissant? Instead, I'm eating a bagel. A bagel by the way, has three times the amount of calories as a croissant, and but it has no fat. But it wasn't helping me. It wasn't helping me because I didn't love it. I wanted a croissant. And so when I came to this realization that guess what? A croissant has less calories. It leaves me feeling more satisfied. And um, that made a big difference in my life. Understanding that when I felt more satisfied with the food that I was eating, I needed less because I felt like I was getting everything that I wanted out of food, not just the nourishment, not just the dieting. It was more like what's talking to me on the inside, my wellness, my well-being, and really just my love for exploration and cultural exploration through food. So I started eating less and I started eating what I like. And if that meant that that day I wanted to get up and I wanted to have a donut for breakfast, I would have a donut. One donut made me feel so good that when lunchtime came, I made better decisions because I already felt like I was not deprived. So incorporating more movement into my life, along with understanding that when I ate less, but I ate the foods that I loved, 
I felt better about myself. Everything did not have to be fat-free. In fact, fat helped me. It helped me feel better about myself. It helped me glow a little bit more. Why was I eating everything fat-free? The body doesn't even can't even function that way. You need fat in your body. You need it for so many reasons. And I could go into all the science behind that, but I'll leave it at this for now. But every cell of your body needs lipids. So I'll leave it at that. You need lipids. And it also is a vehicle for carrying the uh, the fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. So if you can't don't have fat in your diet to carry those vitamins, you're not going to get them into your body and they're not going to work for you. So I started feeling good. I started realizing like, I like eating this way. I like to go to a restaurant and pick what I want to eat, not be driven by what has the lowest calorie count, not being driven by what society accepts as what is quote unquote, a healthy meal, because usually they're not. Usually it's not healthy. It is, no one is directing everybody towards what is healthy because what is the most healthy is a diet that has all different types of food in it. The more variation in your diet, the more nutrients you're going to get and the healthier you're going to be. And that was, wow. Wow, I feel good. Wow, I'm eating what I want to eat and I am eating less. But one of the challenges there stems back to my heritage, which was you have to finish what you have and don't throw it away. Uh, that took some time for me to come to terms with, you know, I'm not doing my body any benefits from eating everything on the plate. Nobody is getting my leftovers. Nobody out there, no Armenian who is starving anywhere is getting shipped my leftovers. I ordered it. I paid for it. If it's from a restaurant, I get to do what I want to do with it. And if I'm not going to eat more because that's going to cause me detriment to my body, I'm not going to eat it. And I am going to stop feeling bad about that. That is the mind shift, the mind shift of share a meal. One of the, the really the cornerstone of share a meal is a total mind shift of eat what you want to eat, eat less of it. Don't feel bad about that and share it with people, share with the people around you. So that's where I got to where I am today. And you know what? Share a meal is a conglomeration of, like if you've heard of the blue zones, which I'll get into in the next uh, podcast, but talking about why do people live healthier, longer lives who live in the blue zones? What are they doing differently? Why is the Mediterranean diet, uh, linked to decreasing heart disease, cardiovascular disease, liver, kidney. Why? Why does incorporating more fish, omega-3 fatty acids benefit brain function? Uh, why does high fiber decrease the risk of colon cancer? And all of this is not thought about in the Mediterranean diet. In fact, it's just done that way. I grew up eating this way without knowing what I was doing without knowing the benefits that I was being really built on. So I really welcome you all here. This is a time for you to start looking at food differently. Look at it as 
part of your life. You are living parallel to food. You don't live separately from it. You don't have to eliminate anything from your diet. You just learn how to live with it, incorporate it into your life. You don't need to adjust to fit into food's life. Fit food into your life. Make it work for you. And that's Sheremil. I'm so glad that you're here to start this journey. And I really hope that you can also start kind of shifting, make little tiny shifts in your day and just pay attention to what you're eating, why you're eating it, and when do you really feel full? Because it's not when you are overly full. It's too late then. You want to feel full when you're at 80% fullness. So that's my journey to towards share a meal. And I hope that you join back in. You can find this video on my YouTube channel. You can follow me on Instagram at Nairi Dardarian. And I'm just want you to continue to listen to these podcasts. There's so much more to come. Thank you.